He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. talking about today healthy habits and moving closer to God and we've talked about reading the word and how that, that feeds your soul we've talked about prayer and how that is a communication with God and then we find in Psalm 23 this picture of a person who has a, a living and a vital relationship with God it's a surprising psalm because in the Old Testament God was this distant larger than life huge creator, almighty, powerful. His holiness was demonstrated throughout all the worship aspects of the, of the Old Testament. You, you, you were afraid to, to approach God. You always brought a sacrifice. There was a sense of, of his imminence, and of his, of, his tra- of his transcendence, I mean. And, and then we get to a psalm like Psalm 23, and it feels like, like he's talking about God as his friend and as a companion. And you're like, wait a second, is this the same God? But the Psalm 23 presents a possibility that you and I could experience a very real relationship with God. It's remarkable that 3,000 years ago, David would write this and, and, and portray his relationship with God in such familial and close terms and in terms that he could identify with as a shepherd. And so I want to walk through Psalm 23. Many of you have heard Psalm 23. It, it, it is our favorite funeral psalm. I have used it that way many times myself. It is a psalm that I will open up when I'm going into palliative care or hospice situations. And I'm, I'm coming, and there's a person there. They are facing the imminent arrival of death, and I'm bringing them Psalm 23. It is comforting in that moment. It is comforting to those who gather at a funeral to, to share the Psalm 23. But there is something living and active and real about this psalm. That, that It's a psalm of the living, not a psalm of the dead. Uh, so I want to bring it to you today to say that this is not just something we should, we could pull it out at funerals and at bedsides of, of dying people, and that's good, but there is something living about this psalm for us today to hear and to listen and, and, to, and to discover, because he, he brings out some of these healthy habits in this psalm, which are a reminder to us that God invites us into this close relationship with him. That's what new life we call moving up and out in new life in Jesus Christ. It's this ongoing day by day connection with God that he wants you to have. And so he begins in Psalm 23, verse 1, and he says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Or, uh, Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Maybe that's the way you memorize it like I did. But basically he's saying, everything that I could possibly need, he Provides, And he's going to explain what that means. But he's just saying, look, look when it comes to, to life, this is all I need is just to have God 
lead me, be my shepherd, be the, the one who, who, who is walking ahead of me, and, and I am following him. Now, they can imagine David is a shepherd. He's putting his relationship with God into terms that, that, that are his life experiences, and so he's going to portray and paint it in that term for us to understand, and maybe you have a different frame of reference that you could describe God as, but for David, it was the shepherd. It was personal. It was real to him. And of course, he knows that a good shepherd always provides everything that his or her flock may or may not need. He keeps them away from the bad forage, <laughs> the poisonous weeds and plants, and he leads them to the, to the healthy pastures and, and the, the gentle waters, as we're going to find out here in a moment. But he's like, basically, God gives us everything we need. That word in the Hebrew describes the sufficiency of God's grace to meet the needs of his people. They never lack. So like last week, we talked about God providing our daily bread. David is essentially saying the same thing. The shepherd takes care of me every day of my life. I have everything I need. Now, I got a picture here. Uh, Maybe you think of Jesus as a good shepherd. This is like a gentle picture, but, you know, it's probably a little more, you know, dirty and a little more rustic, the, the, the picture of, 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 an, of an ancient Near Eastern shepherd. But, but here it is. It, it, is, it is a tender picture. Uh, you know, he's not cracking a whip at the sheep. He's not, you know, you know hitting them with sticks or these little electric shockers. <laughs> you know, it's a gentle picture. Why? Because he has become familiar with his sheep, and they, and they naturally follow him. They hear his voice. He's leading them. There is this relational component there. You've got to understand that. So this picture kind of captures that, that relational essence of, of this shepherd who knows his sheep, and he provides for them everything. You know, some people grow up and they don't have the necessities of life. And so there's a certain sense of, of I need to keep stuff on hand. I need to provide for myself. I, I need to, you know, and, and sometimes it becomes a hoarding issue. I, I, we had a kid at camp, I remember. I don't know what his family situation was, but he seemed to think that he needed to make sure that he had food around all the time. And so, so he, would, he would take food back to his bed and he'd hide it under his sleeping bag. And we're like, like, like man, like there's going to be snack tomorrow and there's going to be tuck tomorrow and we're going to have three meals tomorrow. But he would, you know, stuff in cinnamon buns and stuff in this. And this is like Rocky Mountains, right? This is bear country. We don't want food in the cabins, right? But, but this kid, for some reason, felt like, well, I don't know if I'm going to get this tomorrow. And he's, he was nervous. But you see, when you have Christ as your shepherd, you don't have to be hoarding or stuffing you know, stale cinnamon buns under your sleeping bag because you just know that tomorrow he's going to lead you to another flock, another pasture, another watering hole. He's going to look after you. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. I lack nothing. And he describes that in verse 2. You know, he says, you know, he leads me to the lush pastures and he leads me to the refreshing water. You know, if, if you've seen pictures of Israel, and we were there five years ago, uh, almost to, to, to this month that we were celebrating our anniversary. And it, it was this light, tiny bit of green on the hills. Like, not like lush, you know, green meadows of Ireland or British Columbia. Like, this was like just a, a tiny hint of green. And they're like, this is not normally like this. We've had rain. And so, like, there was this tiny, tiny, just a little bit of green in, in the hills. And like, yeah, we had rain. And I was like, wow, that's not really. But for them, that was green. So when, when he describes this lush pastures. This was not normal. And there is the sheep 
and he's actually lying down in these lush pastures. When an animal lies down, that means that they're full. They have eaten to the satisfaction, and they are just now bringing up that food again, chewing it again, bringing it down. You know, you know how it happens with that cows and, and sheep and this. You know, and so there he is. And, and then he's, he's leading me to this refreshing water, right? This is that slow-moving stream, and it's a peaceful picture right now. Now, you imagine like a, a, a river that, that's boiling. With that boiling water comes this noise. It's just noisy. You, you, can, you can hear, when you're hiking in the mountains, you can hear those kind of streams because you, as you get closer, they're louder, louder, louder. You can imagine the sheep are getting agitated because they hear this noise, but the shepherd knows, I'm going to lead you to gentle waters, and there they are crossing the stream. I got another picture here. Um, this is obviously not in Israel, <laughs> but I just love this picture because there they are just quietly walking alongside this alpine lake. It's just a great, great, wonderful picture of of, um, did you get that one, the first one? Sorry, let's go to the sheep by the, by the, in the grass there. There he is. He has eaten to his full, and he's just sitting there. Mm, I'm good. I'm happy. <laughs> I don't need anything else. I, I had another picture. I didn't put it on because I couldn't find the free version of it. But it had this, like, boiling stream, and they built this little two logs and these little, little little bridge, and they were trying to get all this flock across this stream, and one of the sheep literally was like hanging from his back legs and you know, over this boiling stream, and these guys are trying to grab this sheep, and it's like, our shepherd doesn't do that. He doesn't take us across perilous paths or, or down dangerous you know, crossings. He's looking after us, and there we are enjoying the provision that he has for us. I have no needs whatsoever. That's, I mean, I look at that sheep, and I'm like, yeah, the sheep's pretty happy, and that's the reality that God wants to bring into your life. You're well-fed, you're rested, you have this stability, this tranquility. Okay, so here's the question. When your life feels like it's out of control, too busy, you feel harassed and hurried, I would suggest to you that at that moment, you're not following the shepherd. Because the picture that he describes here is this, this gentle green meadows and this lying down and they're walking beside the waters. But when you're rushing and you know, scurrying to and fro and when you see sheep kind of you know, running around, you, you know there's something weird going on because that's, you know, they're, you, know they're, they're, you want to gently move sheep. You don't want to rush them and, you know, burn off all that fat that's put on, you know, that's going to become a nice lamb chop later. You know, you want, you want to keep it moving gently. And, and, and so, but if your life feels like it's out of control, and like you're never satisfied and you're always kind of, then maybe you need to just slow down because one of the healthy habits is this habit of rest. And the good shepherd invites you to just trust him, to let him provide for you, to look after you, to lead you at his pace. And just because everyone else is running around, you know, and, and you know, stampeding doesn't mean, need, 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 mean that you have to do that. And so the shepherd invites you to just relax. Because in verse 3, he talks about this. He says, he restores my strength. Or he restores my soul. Or literally causes my soul to return. And it's the same word in the Hebrew used to describe repentance. It's almost maybe even a spiritual picture. I'm, I'm coming back to him and I'm finding this renewal of my strength. This restoration of vitality and vigor and, 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 you know, and regeneration. I've discovered this, that God not only wants to meet my physical needs, but he also wants to look after my emotional, my psychological, 
my social needs. The shepherd there is, is looking after all of these aspects of my being, and he's, he's caring for me as I go down my journey. And, of course, he leads me in the right paths for the sake of his reputation. You see, the shepherd knows the best way to go, and we trust him. And in, in, in the idea here is the right paths are, are, are the paths of his word. That God's word de- determines the direction that we should go. And when I follow him, I, I'm going in the right way and, 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 and I'm, I'm, re- I'm, re- I'm reflecting the glory of his name and, and the sake of his reputation. You understand how that works, right? Um, when, when you take animals to market or if you're a 4-H, you know, when you bring your animal to show, everything that, that they see in that moment is a reflection of how you've looked after your animal. You can tell the kids that didn't walk their animals in the summer. Because, you know, they're fighting on the rope. But the one that has trained their animal, they walk it, you know, and, and, and it works in everything, in sheep and in, in pigs. They used to tap them on the, you know, with a little stick. And the guys that had trained them, they could just walk their little pigs around. But the other ones are running amok. And, you know, every animal, the horses, you know, you, you train them, the cows, the beef, the dairy. I mean, you train them, you, you nurture them. And then there they are. You finish them off. You fed them. And, and now they're being judged. And you're like, this is a reflection of the, the owner. We were taught that in 4 and that's reflected, of course, as you become a, a full-on producer. And here, the shepherd, that the sheep are a reflection of, of his care and attention that he has put into the flock. And he says, you know, when I follow the path that he lays down for me, I, I show that, that his name and his reputation and his honor is, is, is honorable because look, look at the results of my life. I, I'm ending in the right places. I have this rest. I have this peace. I have prosperity. I, he looks after me. But you can go the wrong way. And I got a picture here. You know, you, you can find yourself going down the wrong path. Now, here's the truth about it. You and I are like sheep. We want to go our own way. It's natural. You don't want someone telling you what to do. Uh, it's a challenge that we have, you know, in every generation uh, at a certain point, you, you, you get, become an adult and you want to make your own choices. And I want to do my own thing. But the person who has discovered the Lord as a shepherd says, you know what, I, I know I can make choices, but I want to make the choices that reflect my shepherd. And when he says, here's the right path to do, I'm going to say, well, I'm going to try a shortcut. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We realize that that will only get us in trouble. So he says, I, I, I take his path because I know. And here we come back to Psalm 23, verse 3 there. It says, you know, because he knows what's best for me. So I trust in him, and and when I do that, he restores my strength. He guides me. There's regeneration that comes with that. Renewal. I was, we were doing a branding in a ministry I was involved with, and we were coming up with a logo. We had this graphic artist, and she was good, and she developed this logo. But we had one of our staff members, he was kind of creative and and a bit, you know, kind of, you know, one of those guys that sort of bounced around and he wanted a cross in there and he wanted this and that and, and, and he was messing with her logo. And she's like, okay, if that's what you want, then I'm out because I'm not putting my name on that logo. I've designed it, this is what I want, but if you want me to, to design this for you, if you want this to be my logo, then, then, then you gotta go with my, but if you wanna do your own thing, then I'm out. Why? Because she did not want her name associated with that. And here God says, you know, when you choose my path, then my name can be associated with your life. 
But when you choose your own path, then, then, you, then you're writing your own check, you're, you're, you're writing your own map, and, and the destination you end up is, is the destination you choose to, to end up at. But I've got a better destination for you. Will you trust me? In verse 4, he describes the reality of life. Even when I must walk through the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death. David realizes, yeah, there's some dark moments in life. There's some depression in life. There is anxiety in life. There's just those moments where you just feel like, like you're in the fog. You're going nowhere. You, you can't really get through. I got a picture here, the, the, the dark valley. I mean, things are there. You can see shapes, but they're not real clear. It's not real bright. And you're, you're just kind of navigating with, you know, GPS or, you know, with radar. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to get through this. He's like, I know I'm going through those dark valleys, and even in those dark valleys, I fear no danger because you're with me. And, and only that, you, your rod and your staff are there to reassure me. You know, I remember as a kid, you know, being with my dad, and we'd be fishing in the, in the bush somewhere in B.C., or we'd be walking at night, and we lived at a camp. And as long as I was beside my dad, I just I felt this safety. I never felt nervous. But sometimes I'd have to walk that path between our house and the lodge of the camp where we lived by myself, and there was always this, like, chill down my spine, you know, or when I was biking as a kid in Salmon Arm, we'd bike by the, the cemetery, and I'd always go real fast by there, you know, because, whew, but if Dad was biking with me, I never worried, and it's like, you know, when, when the shepherd is with us, there's just this calm assurance, and he's got the, the rod and the staff. I got a picture of them here, I think, uh, the rod and the staff. There they go. The rod is this short little club used to just beat the skull of a whatever that's attacking the sheep. And the staff, you could grab a, a sheep, pick them up, and kind of steer them with it. And, and uh, I had an Eskimo lady that once said, you know, you know, when you're up north and you have these wild dogs, you need to have two sticks. One, you put up the stick and the dog grabs onto that one. And the other one, you used to hit the, <laughs> hit the dog. So there we go. The rod and the staff, right? There's this comfort that comes with it. That they're protecting you. They're guiding you. You're safe when you're close to the shepherd. You're going through that dark valley, but he's right there beside you. Healthy habits lead us to this place of, of just knowing that God is looking out for you. Some of you are in dark moments, dark valleys. You maybe come out of one, you're going into one. You're not sure where this thing will end up, but... but the Psalm 23 just says it doesn't matter where it ends up because when the shepherd's with you, you just need to stay with him and you're okay. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And he, he changes the image in verse 5 to this image of a banquet. You prepare a feast before me in the plain sight of my enemies. You refresh my head with oil. My cup is completely full. And there's this lavish banquet and, and you're eating and in the background you can see the enemies looking over the fence at you but, but you're not worried because the, the, you know, your, your shepherd has placed this wonderful meal in front of you and, and, and he's like, just eat and enjoy and, and just have a good time here with me. Now, this is not the kind of feast it was. Okay, I got a picture here. Uh, hopefully. There we go. It wasn't like this, all right? This is the middle, this is the medieval period. Sometimes we have these art, we think, oh, no, the disciples didn't have girly hair, or, you know, they didn't look like that, dressed like that. That's not, you know, but it was more like this, okay? This would have been the feast, right? You know, there it is. 
the whole animal roasted rice and whatever, you know, you know, this is like this is a modern kind of Bedouin feast. But you can just imagine the table's full, you're gathered around, you're eating, and he's like, you know, I I just there's this security there, this comfort from being together with God. Let's go back to the verse there, Psalm 23, verse 5. You know, you, you've, you've gathered and, and the, the host has, has anointed your head with oil. He has identified you as a welcome guest, as an honored guest. You're, you're sitting at his table and he keeps filling up your cup. You know how this works, right? When you go to someone's house, right, and they keep making coffee, that means they want you to stay. When they turn the coffee maker off, right, when they put the cream away, when they grab your cup and take it to the sink, that's a verbal cue that maybe it's time for you to get up and go home, right? But here, the host keeps filling up the cup. What is he saying? Keep staying, keep staying. Don't go away. No, no, no. You're, you're welcome to stay. Keep staying. You, you don't, you don't need to run away because I want you to keep enjoying this meal. You, there is nothing, you know, I'm glad you're here. Just keep enjoying my presence, my hospitality, my blessing. Completely full. And then he says there in verse 6 Surely your goodness and faithfulness will pursue me all my days, and I will live in the Lord's house for the rest of my life. And of course, this is where we get the comfort at a funeral, right? Okay, the, the, the person who has passed away who knows the Lord is going to live with the Lord forever. And that's true, but is that what David is talking about here? Interesting, no one lived in the temple. If this is a reference to the temple in, in the Old Testament, no one lived there. So, so I don't, what's he talking about? Because in, in other Psalms, they'll say like, oh, just to be dwell in God's presence would be the best thing. Or, you know, I love being in your house and living in your house. And, but it's this picture of experiencing a vital relationship with God that is ongoing. The devout Jew would visit the temple three times a year. No matter where you live, that's what you did. You always went for those specific feasts. But the picture here is saying, don't just worship God three times a year. You can have this vital relationship with God every day. This experience of his presence and of his peace and of his protection and of his provision, it's all there if you just discover him as your shepherd. The picture there of goodness and faithfulness uh, literally is, is like they're chasing after you. God's loving kindness, his faithfulness, his loyalty is literally tracking you down all the days of your life. As I follow the shepherd, suddenly I find that his goodness and his faithfulness are, are just there with me everywhere. Why? Because I'm following him and I'm, I'm, I'm discovering the more closer I stay to him, the more I experience these realities. Goodness, faithfulness. That word goodness, of course, is, is the loyal love of God. It's that Hebrew term that has no exact English equivalent. It's this, it's this committed, faithful, covenant love. And so he takes this transcendent God of the Old Testament, and he says he is incredibly personal and real. And I have this assurance that, that, that my life is completely in his hands. Now, he invites you to that experience, to know him in that way. What happens if you don't know God? How would you characterize a life without God? Well, let me give you the opposite of this. Life without a shepherd. Without a shepherd in my life, 
I live in a state of constant need, and I am never truly satisfied. My life is dry. It's a dry, barren wilderness where there are no water sources to be found, and there is no lasting rest or refreshment in anything that I do. My soul is sapped of its strength, and I wander aimlessly in circles because I have lost all sense of direction, and there is no one there to help me find my way. The worst is the daily fear of death, which always skulks around me. Those dark valleys of life are lonely places, and I am so vulnerable in those moments and have no one there to defend or protect me. I am always one step away from losing my life. What provisions I do have are meager, and eaten with haste as I'm always looking over my shoulder at the constant threats all around me. I long to be part of a healthy, protective community, but only find myself isolated, alone, and with barely enough resources to get by. Surely, I will be hounded by misery and rejection all of my miserable life. And in the end, I will face the bleak darkness of death with no hope for anything more. How does that sound? you understand that there's thousands of people in our community living this life today? They don't have a shepherd. They have obscure ideas about God and spirituality. They've been burned by church and religion. We at New Life had an opportunity to introduce people to the real shepherd. You have an opportunity to know the real shepherd. The good news is, is you know, what he describes in the Old Testament is, is reaffirmed in the New Testament. Jesus Christ would say this in John chapter 10, verses 7 to 11. Jesus said to them, let me just get there in my Bible here. <laughs> I tell you the solemn truth, I am the door for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. He will come in, go out, and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come so that they might have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Then he says there in verses 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus fulfills what David describes in Psalm 23 in his own life. He's the good shepherd. He's the door. He's the access point. He's the one who lays down his life for us so that we can experience and so that we can say, the Lord, Jesus, my Lord, is my shepherd. And Jesus puts God into, into, into a, a visible picture for us. Because we're like, oh, how do we describe God? How do, he's like, here it is, right here. Look at me. I am God, Jesus says. And he says, follow me, believe in me, trust in me, walk with me. He invites us into that type of relationship. And so when I talk about the healthy habits, right? Prayer, scripture, rest, relationship. Psalm 23 captures all those together. It says the whole point of the healthy habits is not to have healthy habits. The point of healthy habits is to know God in a real personal way. It's not about checking off, oh yeah, I worked out today, I, I ate celery and broccoli. and I, you know, I, It's about, no, I, I do these things, but the whole reason I do them is to know 
God in a personal and a real way that grows every step and every day that I live. And John 10 is a reminder that, yeah, life without the shepherd is miserable. It's horrible. It's depressing and agonizing. And God says, I sent my son so you don't have to live that life. I, I, he came and he offered himself as, as, a, as a sacrifice for many so that you can have, all of you, a shepherd to follow, a savior to believe in, and a hope for the future and help for today. And so as we talk about the habits, and I'm encouraging you to read your Bible, I'm encouraging you to, to begin talking to God. I'm encouraging you to slow your life down and, and allow time to just follow the shepherd. I will encourage you to, to develop healthy friendships and relationships with other believers so that you can encourage each other in the journey of faith together. Because, you know, healthy habits, it's always good to have a partner to do, you know, working out or to, to share the diet, the miserable diet or whatever you're doing together. But, but here, in, in a healthy way, all of these habits combine together to bring us closer to God. And Psalm 23 is a picture of that. And Jesus fulfills that in John 10. He is the good shepherd. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I invite you to believe in him. I invite you to, to follow him, to, to discover life in Christ. And then once you know that, now I'm inviting you to experience that in a greater way. It doesn't just happen naturally. It comes as you read God's word. And, and as you read his word, he reveals his path. As he reveals his path, you walk in that path. As you walk in that path, you go closer to him. As you go closer to him, you talk to him. As you talk to him, you discover the rest that he provides and the, the soul regeneration that he gives. And, the, and, and then you discover other people on that journey and you grow together. And then, and then you're calling out to those who don't know the shepherd saying, man, why would you wander in that desolate wasteland when this is in front of you? Jesus invites you to experience his leadership, his salvation. Be part of his flock. And so team, I'm, I'm gonna invite you guys up to, to close the, the service. And um, Psalm 23 is kind of just a recap of the healthy habits in, in a kind of a personal way. But it's like, wow, it's remarkable that a person in the Old Testament would have that type of relationship with God. But, but then Jesus says, this is the relationship I invite you to. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. Believe in me and discover the abundant life. Anything else is just not worth it. Would you trust in Jesus today? And so, would you pray with me and the team's going to lead us in a closing song here. Lord Jesus, would you lead us today? Would you help us to rediscover you as our good shepherd? That you would restore our soul and Help us to find the rest and the renewal that you provide. When we're threatened, may we know the, just the, the protective presence that you provide for us. Lord, I, I pray that you would guide us and lead us in the paths of righteousness. And that our relationship with you would be real, personal, and growing. So may these habits just be built into our life so that we can encounter you more and more every day. We pray this in Jesus' name. One more thing is uh, next Saturday at 7.30, there will be a men's breakfast here. So just welcome all the men to come, and there'll be breakfast and good food provided and some fellowship and a bit of time in the Word. And, so, and that'll be done for sure 
the very latest by 10 a.m., but probably by 9.30. So, it, you know, it's just going to come, and we're not going to keep you all morning or anything, but just come and just enjoy some time and some fellowship with the men of our church at 7.30 next Saturday. Hear the word of the Lord. Now may the God of peace, who by the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, our Lord Jesus Christ, may he equip you with every good thing to do his will, working in us what is pleasing before him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever. And everybody said, amen. God bless you.